You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, the forums at forum.theparacast.com are wild. They're woolly. They're wacky. They're contentious. I've never seen it like this before. We've had pretty crazy, but in the wake of the appearance of Dr. David Jacobs on the Paracast last week, it has really gotten bent out of shape. It started before his appearance, and what's funny is he was on the show a few years ago, and the response was pretty normal. So in that two or three years, things have festered to the point where he is extremely polarizing. And what surprises me here in his new book He's expanding on a concept he first voiced back in, what, the late 1990s? About the purpose of the hybrid aliens? I think it was a little earlier than that, but yeah, it's been almost 20 years. Right, so that being the case, why suddenly has it become so contentious? Well, I think people are more informed, uh, have had more time to think about it, have watched a barrage of questionable claims that have come down, I I think, since um, the mid to late 90s. And then all of a sudden, abductions kind of, you know, took a backseat. I I noticed that uh, in the years preceding the demise of Bud Hopkins, you know, physical health, it just seemed to kind of fade from the limelight for a number of years. And and now uh, we're seeing kind of a resurgence, but with a new twist. And I think people just I think they, they they just have had enough of a, a lot of anecdotal information that's being um, coalesced together and um, sci-fi sounding scenarios uh, proposed. I, I I just think people people are a little bit more polarized now. I think you have you know a minority who's in a position of questioning this type of work and these types of conclusions, while the vast majority of people will buy anything that comes down the pike because it, it might conform to their their worst fears, their their you know, their hopes, their fears, their predisposed opinions about things. And we have an audience that <laughs> for the most part I think is is the former. People that are more critical, open-minded, but skeptical. And it takes a lot to convince them of the reality of something. And when you have someone who just, you know, refuses to attempt to, you know, use technology, uh, to use uh, diagnostic science and, and, and these types of tools that could, could easily, if this is real, provide the kind of, you know, evidence that would uh, put all the naysayers uh, back in their, in their place. And, you know, that's just not happening. I think we're seeing... Uh, I don't know. It's almost like the the decline and and death of abduction research uh, in its initial, you know, form. And I think we're going to see different types of uh, methodologies, different types of approaches, uh, gaining more and more uh, favor uh, within the community, the investigative community. And I think people are going to start getting more creative with it because, just like ufology in general, uh, the abduction uh, realm has been spinning its wheels. Uh, for decades. And I just don't see that old paradigm continuing on much longer, Gene. I, I really I really think that we need uh, new approaches and creative thinking. I mean, I sound like a broken record and <laughs> everybody's heard me say this time and time again, but it's true. I mean, we need to tear this thing down, like Greg said, and you know, almost start from scratch. Yes. And certainly in this case, the most important questions we asked of Dr. Jacobs were the ones about monitoring, surveillance. And then it follows due genetic testing because so many of his reports involve some kind of sexual interaction. 
Otherwise, how do you produce hybrid aliens? Well, genetic testing would certainly be important. And if someone claims they've been attacked by aliens, I don't know, do a rape kit? I know I made reference to this very polarizing issue about Dr. Jacobs asking one abductee for one of her pieces of underwear, I guess, to do DNA testing for why else would you do that? And then one listener got so bent out of shape, that person said they would never listen to the PowerCast again because I wrote that one sentence about doing genetic yeah. testing. Yeah, it's a it's very... crazy out there. Crazy world. <laughs> yeah. Volcanic response. I've never seen a thread build upon itself so quickly. And you know, it's up around 300 posts already in just a matter of days. That's, that's pretty interesting. It really did strike a, a chord out there. And of course, we're being taken to task for even having him on the show. And yet I've been getting feedback from one scientist in particular who, um, you know, is courageous enough to get involved in, in doing some survey work with abductees. Uh, I think uh, he's, he's approaching it from an, a very interesting new perspective. And he said, hey, you know, you were really polite, but you asked some really important probing questions and his responses in, in his uh, critique, were, <laughs> his responses were feeble. <laughs> and he was putting it kindly, I think, uh, according to him. One important thing here is after the show, Jacobs did say he would accept working with outsiders in the sense of trying to do some kind of scientific verification. I would hope out there, if we have any private detectives, security experts, people like that, who would let us know, and we'll get you in touch with Dr. David Jacobs, and we'll hold his feet to the fire. Yeah. And if people are saying, look, we will set up the equipment to do surveillance, I think at that point it's up to him to respond in the affirmative. I mean, I understand about privacy concerns. I understand about the fact that the people, the subjects of that surveillance would have to agree to it. But still, let's make that effort. Speaking yeah. of making efforts, there's an article that was published in Mother Jones magazine. And I'll read you a couple of sentences from it, because this goes to what you're trying to do, which is to do some kind of surveillance to record paranormal events. It says a group of scientists and academics from around the world has launched a new effort called UFO Data, which stands for UFO Detection and Tracking, to apply some rigorous scientific research to the study of UFOs. It points to an all-volunteer project of people from around the world. And one of the members of this group is Leslie Kane, of course, who's an investigative journalist who has done a lot to advance research into UFOs. I am hoping something like this can be set up. Because, again, it follows from what you're trying to do with your San Luis Valley camera project, and that is to do some active work with scientific instrumentation to research UFOs, get past the stories. We have enough stories out there. I mean, at one point, I remember back in the old days of Jim Mosley's Saucer News, where he admitted to me, you know, I'm tired of hearing about sightings. It's enough already. We hear about sightings all the time. What about the evidence? Where do we take it? In fact, that's a question we're going to ask our guest today, who is also getting huge numbers of questions from our listeners, Stanton Friedman. And he's been involved in UFO research actively since the 1970s. And he was one of the first people to bring to light the supposed evidence of the Roswell crash with William Moore and Charles Berlitz. 
So he's been around the block, and he speaks of alien visitations, a cosmic water gate, meaning, of course, that the government must know the secret. So we're going to ask him, what progress have we made after all these years in UFO research to get some answers? What do we know today that we didn't know in 1955? Let's start there. What do we know today? (laughs) Good question. I don't know that we've learned all that much. I do know that we're learning one thing, that is a lot of listeners, except those who quit because they don't like a single sentence that I utter or write in the forum, a lot of listeners love the Paracast Plus. And we don't just offer this show ad-free. We offer after the Paracast. And last week, we spent about 30 minutes or so disassembling the discussions we had with Dr. David Jacobs. It was an extensive analysis, and I think you listeners will enjoy it. To be able to hear after the Paracast, you have to subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Simple sign-up instructions. We have five-year memberships and a lifetime membership at a big discount. We give away free e-books from Chris O'Brien for long-term memberships. Check it out for yourself. We urge you to check it out, plus.theparacast.com. We've got Stanton Friedman in the wings He'll answer your questions and ours with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like.
There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one silver solution. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, when you get to be our age, or Stanton Friedman's age, you start talking about your ailments. You talk about other things, too, but that doesn't get to be very friendly. So what we're learning here is that I gather 80 is the new 50. Is that how it is, Stan? Sounds good to me. But you obviously had a little heart attack last year, but you're getting along pretty well now. I'm getting along very well and haven't used any nitro, and I was bored in the hospital for several days, read a few books. (laughs) You know, nothing useful going on. And I've been traveling quite a bit. I was off to England a few weeks ago. I was off to California at the MUFON conference. And remember, I'm on the East Coast, so it's a long way in either direction. (laughs) And I was down in uh, Massachusetts and Exeter. They had the 50th anniversary of the incident at Exeter conference and stuff. And so it doesn't sound like you're slowing down at all. No, I'm not. You know, as long as. I'm keeping busy. I think I'm healthier. So, uh, look, that was the first time I was in the hospital in 79 years and 11 months. Wow. There's a very interesting point, Stan, that you raise, and that is this, that people who are forced to retire and give up their life's work and stop doing the things that really keep them going and help them get up in the morning, those people don't live, I think, quite as long And I know when my father was forced to retire from the New York City transit system, he was 70. 
Now, he found other things to do, and he hung out for another nine years or so. But I can't help feeling, you know what? If they kept him on for another five years or so, well, he would have been over 100 today, but he would have hung out a lot longer. So that's it. When I reveal my age, which I won't do here, people are surprised. They say, gee, you look a lot older. No, they don't say that. Stan, we're going to talk about a lot of things about what's happening in UFO research. But as you know, on last week's episode, we had a discussion with Dr. David Jacobs. And his theory is that there are hybrid aliens infiltrating our society. It was one of the most polarizing shows we've had on the Paracast in recent months. Our forums were filled with pro and con comments. Really? I didn't hear the show, No. But you know about Dr. Jacobs. What is your assessment of that about his work? Well, Dave has worked hard. He was a pioneer in actually doing a Ph.D. thesis about UFOs. There have been more than a dozen since then. But uh, I got wary several times. Uh, One was that he dismissed the Roswell incident because the government couldn't have kept it secret. Hundreds of people would have to have known well, there are loads of programs in which thousands of people knew about a secret and it wasn't released. So I don't think his knowledge of security is very good. I'll mention the stealth aircraft, for example, spent $10 billion over 10 years in secret. The Manhattan Project, the equivalent of more than that, back a lot earlier, of course, uh, and there are many other programs. The Corona spy satellite, our first uh, spy satellite, got more data about Soviet military installations than all the U-2 flights, remember them, Gary Powers, etc., than all of those flights put together, the first Corona spy satellite outdid them. It was a tremendous, tremendous importance to us to have a good evaluation of what the heck the Russians were doing, because we could see it. The first one got more data than all those U-2 flights that preceded it. It wasn't released that we had such a thing until 30 years later. And incidentally, as an example of the the clout that you have when you're working on highly classified programs, the first 12 launches were unsuccessful, but they still kept going, and the 13th was the winner. And they they released that we had such a thing 30 years later. So, you know, that was bigger than Roswell in terms of cash and effort and so forth. I I still get a kick out of how they got the film back. Kodak had developed new film, more sensitive and so forth. They deorbited the film container from the satellite, and it was caught over the Pacific by an airplane, in effect, with a big net. Uh, And it worked (laughs) very successfully. Uh, they did it over the Pacific because they didn't want anybody to know what they were doing, of course. But uh, And certainly the American people didn't know what they were doing. I, I think Dave, when he he was uh, hypnotizing uh, a potential abductee over the phone. Well, that bothered I, me a lot. I didn't get into that. He also does it by instant messaging by Skype. I didn't know that. And neither one. I, I, I once took a course on hypnosis. My son was a hemophiliac and... There was talk that you could control bleeding to some extent uh, with hypnosis, which makes a certain amount of sense. And uh, so I took this course. And in the course, the professor 
uh, regressed a girl in the class. She was probably 30, and he took her back to 25, 20, 15, you know, voice changing at 15 and stuff. And he took her back to her eighth birthday, which should have been safe after all. And she broke into tears. Her father had died on her eighth birthday. And I'll tell you, I was glad he was doing the hypnosis and not me, because he was able to get her out of it and, and, you know, take care of things. So uh, how do you do this, you know, when you're not there and uh, over the phone? You can't tell what's happening and can't see the person, uh, anything like that. And so I don't believe uh, that uh, it's all in order to have uh, infiltration by hybrids. Uh, look, when I see what they do with the uh, nuclear weapons on top of missiles, they have a little more down-to-earth stuff than that to be concerned about. And, you know, what bothers me is that I don't see many people thinking through why would aliens come here anyway. And, yeah, you know, you can talk about graduate students doing their thesis research on the development of a primitive society. Uh, that's one thing. But I think the bigger picture is that from an alien viewpoint, we are a primitive society whose major activity is tribal warfare. It's easy to forget, especially for younger people, because they they weren't alive at the time, that in World War II, we nice earthlings killed 50 million people. We destroyed 1,700 cities by bombing, uh, of course. Uh, And after the war... We have set off 2,000 nuclear warheads, only two on people, thank goodness. But anybody looking at us would say, holy cow, they've joined the nuclear club. And, you know, our first H-bomb was 1952, released the energy of 10 million tons, tons of TNT. The Russians sent one off that was 50 million tons. Uh, You know, you put one in the middle of New Jersey, and you'll have fires from New York to Philadelphia. Uh, We know the background here, but I think the question I want to pursue very quickly before we go on to other things, and we're going to break in just a moment, and that is here, basically and fundamentally, Dr. David Jacobs is not producing any evidence except what abductees supposedly tell him that there are hybrid aliens and what their intent might be. Let's get into more of this in a moment and a lot more. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Do you lay awake at night and worry about the health and safety of you and your loved ones? Do you wonder what would happen if you weren't able to get to a hospital or doctor? How can you keep your family safe against the deadly pathogens that are beginning to emerge in the world today? Give yourself peace of mind with Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver is turning heads around the world as a new weapon in the fight against bacteria, viruses, and fungus. Supernatural Silver can be taken internally or used topically to help the body's own immune system fight off disease much more effectively. Supernatural Silver has been tested at independent universities and laboratories around the world and has been proven to be safe and highly effective against some of the planet's deadliest pathogens. There is no better product to have in your home for daily use or emergency preparedness. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, use the code SILVER2015 for 20% off, and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We have Stanton Friedman with us. We're talking about the state of UFO research, starting with abductions. So you get the point here that there's really no confirmation that anything that 
David Jacobs is reporting is true, right? Well, I would say that in terms of trying to intuit the uh, uh, the goal, the uh, reason for their being here, and the one word I want to throw in is quarantine us. And the reason I mention nuclear weapons is not only because we're bad guys, but if you have fusion technology, you can go to the stars. That makes us a, us a threat to the neighborhood. Look how little time it took from our discovery of fusion in 1938 and the first atomic bomb in 1945, the first fusion device in 1952. That's not a long time. So I worked on a study of fusion propulsion for deep space travel sponsored by the United States Air Force, incidentally. They spent $9 million on it, Aerojet General Nucleonics. And we realized that fusion propulsion for deep space travel was feasible. Now, it cost a ton of money. But all big programs cost a lot of money. You don't get this stuff for free. To give you an example of that, and some people look at me when I say that, what do you mean a ton of money, Sam? I say, well, look, here's an example. When I worked at General Electric Aircraft Nuclear Propulsion Department, just outside Cincinnati, Ohio, back in 1958, that's a long time ago, we spent $100 million that year. We employed 3,500 people of whom 1,100 were engineers and scientists. We're not talking about six professors and 20 grad students, for goodness sakes. So there are big programs, to, and we never flew a nuclear-powered aircraft, incidentally. Uh, now you can go to the Navy and you say, well, look at the success they've had. Yeah, they did. We had nuclear submarines from 1956 or so on. First, our nuclear-powered aircraft carriers are remarkable. You want an example of fancy technology that most people don't know anything about? They can operate for 18 years without refueling. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> That's very impressive. You don't need to go to the gas station. You know What you're telling me, though, if I was E.T. We're a threat. And I come to Earth. I got to be real careful. Now, what if E.T. wanted to take us over? Would they do it overtly with guns blazing, or would they, would they try to infiltrate us quietly? That's, of course, the Dr. David Jacobs' theory, that all this is a stealth attempt to take over the planet Earth. Rather than do it overtly, you do it quietly till one day you wake up and aliens are in control. And some people think we're already doing that in our government. We have some pretty crazy people there running government, so maybe that's the case. The key here that I worry about abduction research evidence. is the evidence. Right now, all we have is anecdotal evidence. We have what people supposedly recall from hypnotic sessions. And I worry about doing well, it on the phone. I worry about doing it by Skype. Yes. But I would point out yeah. that there is an active effort. Kathleen Martin, Betty Hill's niece, and I are co-authors in a couple of books and stuff. We've worked together on a number of things. And she has put together a survey of supposed abductees to see if there are commonalities. And amazingly, there are commonalities. A high percentage uh, describe similar kinds of things. It's not random, in other words. It's not equally likely that you'll get this, that, or the other answer to the question about what's going on. And do you ever have any paranormal events in your life, incidentally, <laughs> to pick a theme close to home? And a much higher percentage of uh, abductees have than the generally had a control sample and a regular sample. You know, uh, abductees and then non-abductees. 
And there were definite differences in how they responded to the long-form questionnaire. So we are getting other research, and uh, Kathy's got her hands full. There's a lot going on. Look, the, the real problem, as you know, as David knows certainly, is that if you're wary of making a report of a UFO sighting, how much more wary of saying, oh, by the way, I was abducted. Uh, when I check my audiences after my lectures all over the world, typically 10% believe they have seen a UFO, much to their surprise. You see how the hands go up very hesitantly, and then, oh, a lot of others. But then I ask, how many of you reported what you saw? 90% of the hands go down. And when people talk to me, the reason they didn't report what they saw is because they were fearful of ridicule. They'd be thought to be a nut. Okay, so that follows then that those who report abductions are going to be a fraction of that number because it could be obviously a very embarrassing thing to talk about. Yes. Especially if the encounter is describing rather invasive behavior. But the other question we raised last week, and maybe we could respond to that, and that is with regard to actually finding evidence, what about working with people who have frequent abductions and setting up surveillance equipment? Trackers. That's been tried on a number of occasions and hasn't been successful. Why is that? Maybe because the aliens are smarter than we give them credit for. So we how does that work it. out? Well, telepathy looks good to me. Uh, and I'm sure, I, I don't know what David said, obviously I didn't hear the program, but I'm sure that's the primary means of communication. And so if you know you're sitting there and there's a camera hidden someplace, and admittedly today cameras are pretty darn small, uh, you know, you can hide them <laughs> and recording devices and so forth, uh, then you know about it. That means your abductor could know about it too. So I'm, I'm not guaranteeing you that's what's going on. I'm just saying that's a likely possibility. These guys are pretty sharp. And, so if we set know, the cameras, they'd find a way to turn them off, redirect them, or something like that. Is that the point? Yeah. And, well, that yeah, would be data right so. there. I mean, that, that would be important information to ascertain. Well, okay. And, and maybe it's happened. But I don't think they'd send a signal that says, hey, we're recording you. Uh, and, uh, you know, the aliens say, no, you're not. <laughs> and off goes the machine. Who knows what's going on? Oh, what you're saying but, here is that this has been tried and has failed. Yes, that's right. Is the reason that they accidentally or deliberately turn it off, what's the reason that it fails? Well, because it's turned off. You're not, no, no recording, no data. Look, if they can stop automobiles, for goodness sakes, which has happened many times, you know, QFOS uh, published a study, what, there are a few hundred incidents of stoppage of, uh, I'll call them internal combustion engines to include more than just cars, you know, tractors or whatever you want. Uh, that takes a certain amount of sophisticated technology. Uh, and if they have telepathy, which we know they do from a zillion sources, uh, you know, put the two together. Uh, we're, we're not dealing with idiots. And it seems to me, generally speaking, that the first rule for any explorer, adventurer, visiting fireman, whatever you want to call them, is make sure you can get home. Uh, you know, that's the, I won't say the prime directive, that those words are used for something else. But, uh, uh, so, uh, but you can think of other reasons for coming here. 
besides wanting to make sure that the idiots don't come out bothering them. Uh, look, we every nation on Earth has an Air Defense Command. What it's probably called different things in other places, but the idea is you don't want a surprise attack from your neighbors. Uh, we had one Pearl Harbor. That was quite enough. So that's the first thing. You don't want earthlings. Look, when I say we're a primitive society, this year we will spend a trillion dollars on things military on this planet. How many thousand kids died needlessly yesterday of preventable disease and starvation? We're not nice guys. But there are other reasons you can think of aliens coming here. They may have been stealing the goodies. Uh, mining, for example. Remember all those gold miners that went off to California and off to Alaska and any other place where there was a hint of gold? There were huge numbers of people when it was difficult to travel. You know, you didn't hop on your nearest airplane to go to California. It was a long haul back in 1849. Let's do our break here, Stan. We'll get back to this. We have Stanton Friedman. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Stanton Friedman. I should mention we have lots of questions from listeners. And I'm going to ask just right. one question to backtrack on what you said before, then we'll move on. And that is okay. with regard to some kind of monitoring or surveillance equipment. So the point being here is that every time this technique has been tried with abductees, those having repeated experiences, something sabotages the effort. It never works. Is that correct? That's right. As far as I know. And if you know different, I'd like to hear about it. (laughs) Okay. There are other reasons for coming here besides our potential for attacking them. Uh, The Earth is the densest planet in the solar system. I don't mean the people. That's probably true, too. There are more heavy metals here than any other planet in the solar system. You say, who cares? Well, some of the heavy metals are very rare and have very special properties. I'm talking about osmium, rhenium, iridium. Uh, Osmium is twice as dense as lead, incidentally. You know, heavy as lead, light as balsa. Well, (laughs) lead is not the heaviest thing around. I I like Uh, unobtainium. Well, okay. (laughs) Uh, these metals, look, you know when uranium was used for 100 years ago, yellow coloring agent for tableware, plates, pottery, you know, it's illegal to do that now because it's radioactive and you might get some washed off when you, you soap on it and so forth and so on. But still, uh, that that shows you how ignorant we were. Uh You know, as another example of that, two of the greatest scientists, Albert Einstein and Lord Rutherford of England, 
both said that they didn't see any way that you could get any useful energy out of the nucleus, you know, E equals MC squared. Uh, and it was only when somebody found out in 1938 that, gee, you get more than one neutron when an isotope, uh, an atom fissions, and maybe you can get a chain reaction. Oh, and so that led to the nuclear age. So there are things that we don't know. We are ignorant, and people don't like me to say that, but we are. Progress comes from doing things differently in an unpredictable way. And when I mean unpredictable, who knows which direction you're going to go with the latest study. Uh, but we may represent a different kind of thing. They may have been stealing the goodies here for years, and we're fouling up the planet. Many reports, I presume you've had somebody on the air talking about underwater UFOs. Uh, you know, uh, what are they doing down there? Having a cool dinner, a fish dinner? Or maybe they're stealing the diamonds that washed in off Africa. Or all kinds of other things. So we've got to be really careful about thinking that we know what these guys are up to, the only thing they're doing. But when you got a bus coming this way, you can have people, small Earth excursion modules on the big mothership that are doing all kinds of things. Why waste the trip? So we, we are still ignorant. Let's not put the cart before the horse here. Let's <laughs> go into the theories and how we get there. So there's a question that's been raised from time to time, and that is looking at UFO research in the original Kenneth Arnold sighting, in 1947. I remember it well. No, I don't. You'll remember it better than I do. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite young then. In any case. 13. I was bar mitzvah that year. Please. Okay. So the year you were bar mitzvahed, the UFOs came down. Significant? I don't know. But what have we learned positively about UFOs since then? How well, far have we advanced? It depends on who you mean by we. Uh, you know, I don't have access to the wreckage recovered at Roswell or Aztec or the Plains of St. Augustine uh, or in Pennsylvania there. Uh, so I don't know what we've learned. But I, working with far-out materials for my time in industry, crazy stuff, but exciting stuff. I don't have access to any of that information, although I'll, I'll give you a hint. Uh, if a saucer crashes, say at Roswell, you distribute the pieces, and there were a lot of little pieces, to your best highly secure labs with labs with uh, high-level security clearances. And the first question you ask is, what the heck is this stuff? You don't tell a guy where you got it. He has no need to know for that. Let him think it's from a spy. Who knows? And he comes back to you and says, you know, I don't know where you got this stuff, but it's a combination of samarium and cobalt. Why in the world did anybody put those two together? Not your problem. You send it off elsewhere and you say, I want you to look at the electric and magnetic and nuclear properties of this stuff. And the guy comes back and says, you know, I don't know where you got this stuff, but I measured the highest magnetic moment from any material I've ever tested. 
make a great permanent magnet. And pretty soon, ghetto blasters were using fancy permanent magnets made out of samarium and cobalt. Well, I say that because I was doing a weekly radio broadcast back in the 80s on uh, science for a local CBC radio station. And my I had read an article about new and better permanent magnets, uh, neodymium, iron, boron. I'm not making those up. Those are real. And uh, at the end of the article, it said the original work on samarium cobalt permanent magnets was done at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And I just left like heck. We got to cut to the chase here because we have a lot of questions. All right. So you're saying here that this material may be the result of what we discovered from alien technology then? Yes. Why not? And as a matter of fact, let me give you another example. In my book, Flying Saucers and Science, there's a picture of me with my hand on the Apollo 12 command module. You know, it's a big round object. It looks more like a flying saucer than like a high-speed aircraft. Because I always learned when I was young that you need a pointy nose, sharp wings, high streamlining for a high-speed object in the, in the atmosphere. And the return module, the Apollo command module, comes back at close to 25,000 miles an hour. And it's a round, blunt body. Well, I discovered the Air Force was doing, in 47, they were doing a wind tunnel tests on round, blunt bodies, would you believe? So... We, that may be something else we learned. And there are probably plenty of others. But So what I'm saying is uh, we don't know what the classified programs have learned. And they ain't talking to me or David Jacobs. All right, uh, but that's speculation at this point. We're assuming that if a UFO crash at Roswell, we captured the wreckage, we're learning things about it, we're learning things about alien technology, maybe we're slowly filtering that technology into military or civilian use. That follows what Philip Corso said in the day after Roswell. Well, I'm not buying Philip Corso. I understand. I checked and found he wasn't telling the truth about himself. And that always gets me concerned. He said he was a member of the National Security Council. He was not a member and never attended a meeting, according to the Eisenhower Library. And he also made claims about what happened at Fort Riley, Kansas, uh, on July 6, 1947. And now, why the people at Roswell? I mean, he supposedly was able to look at a box in which there was an alien body and blue fluid. And it was his bowling buddy, and he let him see it. Now, that's a gross violation of security in the first place. Uh, in the second place, why would the people at Roswell, who, after all, had lots of big airplanes, that was their role, the most elite military group in the world, they dropped the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, etc. Uh, why would they have put stuff on a truck? If you can put a nuclear weapon on an airplane, which was the whole point of Roswell, then you wouldn't put it on a truck. That's just using this as a metaphor for recovering or having evidence of alien technology. I understand the problems with the Corso book. We know that the version that was published is heavily edited or rewritten from the original, which I believe is posted online over at openminds.tv if you want to look for it and see the original version as opposed to the one that was done after... Bill Burns, Burns. work with it. Okay, the key here is 
we're speculating heavily that some of our technology is reverse engineered alien technology. From a practical standpoint, if we did recover this technology, it would make sense that we learned a few things from it. Maybe not so yeah. much because we're talking about possibly highly advanced technology, space-faring yeah. people. Maybe we learned a few things at the edges. But how do okay. we really how do we really prove that? That's speculation, isn't it? I'm going to have you answer when we get to our next segment with Stanton Friedman and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, A coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. You wouldn't go swim with the sharks without a cage, would you? Hey, has anyone seen Larry? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with a scanner and steal your credit and debit card info, as well as data from other cards containing RFID chips. IDStronghold.com, the original maker of shielded wallets, is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals open or closed no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and don't shield properly, if at all. If you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com because getting anything else is like being the next victim in a Jaws movie. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Stanton Friedman. Let me remind you that we have another radio show called After the Paracast. If you want to hear it, all you have to do is join the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. A low monthly annual five year lifetime subscription rates. We give free ebooks for long term subscriptions. The Paracast Plus, plus dot the Paracast dot com. So, my question to Stanton Friedman is it is practical and probably quite reasonable to speculate that if we have access to alien technology, some of it is filtered into military and/or civilian life or both. Okay. That being the case, how do we know that? How can we prove it? How can we determine that's true? 
I, I don't know. None of the people who know the details are talking, as far as I have heard, whistleblowers, if you will. I haven't heard any of them say, I know where we got that, and it's directly from A, B, C, or D. On the other hand, when you find that the work on samarium and cobalt was done at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, <laughs> that's a pretty good hint, you know, early on. There are a lot of things we don't know and can't prove because we don't have access Look, one of the frustrations of working under security is you may find, and this happened to me when I was working on nuclear airplanes, I was reading classified abstracts, and there was great work by the Navy on nuclear radiation shielding, which is what I was working on, and I had the right clearance. I had a cute clearance, and this was secret restricted data. I should be able to get that. No way, Jose. I couldn't get the need to know from the Navy. And you didn't have a private email account in those days. <laughs> no, no, no email account, that's for sure. But my point is, uh, you don't have access to this stuff. Even if you've got the clearance, the second step is the need to know. So if you expect me to produce a paper, top secret uh, umbra, uh, that lays out what they learned from whom and so forth, uh, don't expect it. That's it's an irrational expectation. Okay, I'm not like, expecting it, but I'm saying this. How do you speculate this exists and this has happened if you have no access to any information, unless you have a whistleblower who delivers something you can confirm to know that they're telling you the truth? Well, as I say, when I find a statement in uh, an official uh, report that the work on this new and better permanent magnet was done at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. They were entirely working on military-related technology. And I haven't seen any open literature that suggests that this was a product of, you know, 10 years of we've been waiting for this to come along. Uh, proof is an elusive phenomenon when you don't have access that's true, and, and also well, need to know. Let me know. give you another uh, another example. The NSA, I went after their top secret Umbra reports, their intelligence work, and they released because of a legal action from Citizens Against UFO Secrecy uh, way back when. They released 156 pages of top secret Umbra NSA UFO documents. UFO, by their definition, you know, you make a request and, okay, finally, they, they weren't happy about it, but they finally released it. The only trouble is you can read one sentence per page. So I know it's there, and I know it's from the NSA, and I know it's about UFOs. That goes with the territory, what I asked for, and so forth. And uh, I have no way to get the rest of that. And don't tell me erase the white out because there's nothing underneath. They Xerox it first. They're not stupid. Uh, I mean, somebody has suggested that to me. Why don't you just erase the white? You know, break off. Uh, it doesn't work that way. We can treat the paper and remove the marking pen, but that's ridiculous. Well, yes. Yes, it is ridiculous, and uh, people have tried that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work. But uh, so I know it's there. You know, can I prove to you what's under the whiteout? No, of course I can. I've got the dozens of top-secret Umbra CIA UFO documents. Uh, that goes with my getting the data. It took two years to get it after they were listed on a list that the NSA had put on. And uh, they refused to declassify. You know, you can read six words on a page. My favorite page says, deny in toto, all blacked out. <laughs> that. 
uh, that's CIA, and that's old stuff. I mean, some people say, well, there's only a little bit. No, this is from back in the 80s, for goodness sakes. So there are things that we have to say, how would you behave? Now, remember, back engineering is not a new idea. If a German airplane crashed in England and wasn't blown up by the crash, uh, engineers went, took a look at it, looked very carefully at it. What can we learn? What were their tolerances? What materials did they use for this, that, or the other thing? What can we learn? Is there uh, you know, a radar set on board? Uh, let's check these things out. But none of that was publicized. No article in the newspaper saying, look what we discovered on that crashed German airplane. It doesn't work that way. The classified world is a big one. Well, that leads uh, to one of our listener questions, uh, Stan. You know, and this uh, kind of goes to the, the heart of need to know. And this comes from Ronaway, who posted his question at forum.theparacast.com, where our listeners can ask questions of our esteemed guests, such as Stanton Friedman. As Mr. Friedman is involved in yet-to-be-released, the yet-to-be-released, The Presidents and UFOs, I, I guess this is a book, uh, do you believe that all the presidents during the UFO era have been made aware of the truth, and have they shared it with our allies? And do you believe that the FO? IA program or the Freedom of Information Act uh, request program will ever unearth any game-changing information? I would say no on the latter thing. Do I think we've shared it? No. There were strong rivalries during the war between the Brits. Uh, it, it happened on, on the nuclear side, uh, and we know this because people have talked long after the war was over. What access do we give uh, the Brits, for example? to our nuclear weapons stuff. So presidents, remember, the maximum these days that a president can stay in office is eight years. Presidents come and go. The intelligence agencies go on forever. And with, what should I call it, fancier spying <laughs> with the Internet and electronics and all, all this sophisticated stuff and what the NSA does and all these things. I don't think presidents are given access to everything you want. You don't want him to be caught at a press conference with a surprise question that, you know, he may think not enough before giving an answer to. All right. So you're saying here basically the presidents are not read in on UFOs. Is that the case? I'm thinking fully, other than maybe President informed. Truman or Eisenhower. Well, I think Eisenhower would have known, but because he was in a different position from everybody, he knew about, for example... Uh, breaking the German codes. There's an example of a highly classified program. There were 12,000 people at Bletchley Park in England during World War II, whose job it was to intercept, decode, translate, and very carefully distribute what they found from the German military communications. Great care had to be taken so the Germans wouldn't think that their codes had been compromised. They'd have changed them and we'd been up the creek. Uh, Eisenhower knew about that stuff because he was the, the chief of the oh, Allied Expedition Forces, whatever they're called. Uh, and then as president, uh, I think he would have... I believe that there are uh, maybe four legitimate MJ-12 documents, and one of them was a briefing for President Eisenhower. And I've heard a zillion objections, and I find that none of them stand up under careful examination. Uh, 
So I, uh, I, I think, would have been uh, one exception to that because he'd worked under security uh, pretty darn thoroughly you know, during the war. Then, but what about Harry Truman? You're saying that he didn't know even though the early well, Harry year- Truman, I think, yes, I think he knew some. But that didn't mean he would get monthly reports on the latest discoveries we've made uh, from, about flying saucers. Yeah, he wrote the memo, uh, you know, starting Operation Majestic 12. Let's get back into that in our next segment. We have Stanton Friedman. And we're just starting to pose all of the, some of the many questions you've asked in forum.thepowercast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America. From where you shop, to the doctors you visit, and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is... I was right then, too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. 
you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Where was Stanton Friedman? So we have a situation here where maybe President Truman, where the buck stopped, Knew a little bit. Eisenhower, because of his military background, knew more, but not so much JFK or Nixon or Ford or Carter or Reagan or any of their successors. What about Bush, especially George H.W. Bush, because of his former intelligence background? I think uh, he, as director of the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, might very well have known more than the others did. But I don't, anybody who is head of the CIA or NSA or any of these other alphabet soup agencies, the DIA, all of these guys are extraordinarily careful about what they say and what they reveal. They wouldn't get those jobs if they had a history of uh, opening their mouth when they shouldn't. So, yeah, I think, I, I doubt if George Bush Sr. told George Bush Jr., frankly. It's kind of like uh, when people looked at the list of MJ-12 guys, I've had people say, well, surely they would have told their wives what they did. Nonsense. I had a clearance for 14 years. I never told my wife anything classified. And the best example I know, the man who headed the Manhattan Project to develop nuclear weapons, General Leslie Groves, on August the 6th, 1945, his wife was given a call by somebody at his office at the Pentagon. And he told her he thinks she'd be interested in what would be on the news at noon that day. So she listened. He didn't tell her why. And it was the program about the development of the first explosion. You know, uh, Hiroshima, not the first explosion, but the first one dropped on anybody. And this great new weapon, we're going to end the war real quick, which it did. The last, And she thought the reason he had called this guy in her husband's office was because their son was due to be sent over to the Pacific for what would be a horrible invasion of Japan, because they fought like tigers. But the last line of the program said, this program to develop this incredible new weapon was done under the direction of General Leslie Groves. That's when she found out what he'd been doing for the previous two years, traveling all over, busy as can be. She didn't know what he was doing. So, you've got to be careful about jumping to conclusions. 
Vannevar Bush, a member of the MJ-12 group and uh, President Roosevelt's science advisor, and then Truman's, made a point of compartmentalization. You get to know what you need to know, not what the guy next door to you is doing, just because he's next door to you. And Harry Truman is a good example of, of keeping things secret. He was a senator, and then he became vice president in the 44 election. Okay, he didn't know about the Manhattan Project until 13 days after uh, President Roosevelt died. He had to have a special briefing, and that's when he found out about it. And he had to make the decision about whether to use the bomb and so forth. Uh, that's compartmentalization. Vice President of the United States was not briefed on that until he became president. Okay, well, I think so, we know that history, Stan. But I guess the big question here is, we're doing a lot of speculation about what did they know and when did they know it, what kind of information yeah. we may have. But if it's being kept compartmentalized, it's being kept secret, the secret has been kept for generations. For several generations, we have changes of command the secret's still being kept, people being read in. Sure. At the end of the day, when and how do we prove any of this? Well, what do you want? Me to give you some top-secret document that isn't No, but I'm saying is what... do that. So you're saying basically here that until or unless the governments disclose what they know, and that goes back to disclosure, or there's some yeah. kind of event where you have no control over, such as a mass landing some effort by ET to communicate with us on a planet-wide scale, like they did in Earth versus... In the middle the of a soccer match. Who knows? Or like Earth versus the Flying Saucers, where they send a message in different languages around the world on televisions and radio. In fact, they did the same thing in the movie Man of Steel, the Superman reboot, where Zod, General Zod, communicates around the world because he demands that they bring him Kal-El, Jor-El's son. You know the picture. So unless this happens, we'll never solve this mystery, will we? Well, it could be if we had a Woodward and Bernstein around to do what the Washington Post did on the political Watergate, to blow the lid off the cosmic Watergate. And one piece of information, for example, that clearly reveals the possibility is the General Carol Bolander memo. I mean, people don't realize that there's no big newspaper, as far as I know, has ever covered that story. And as far as I know, I'm the only one who actually talked with General Bolander on the phone. I found him. Uh, remember, a very simple phrase. He was an Air Force general. Nothing to do with Project Blue Book. He was working on a lunar excursion module and was working 12-hour days before we landed on the moon in the middle of July of 1969. Earlier in 69, the Condon report had recommended that Project Blue Book ostensibly the only government uh, agency concerned with UFOs, that it be closed because it wasn't contributing anything to defense or intelligence. So they asked General Bolander, what should we do about Project Blue Book? I mean, he's an Air Force general. Uh, and he wrote a memo, which we didn't see until 10 years later, and as a result of which Blue Book was closed at the end of '69. In a memo, he said, reports of UFOs which could affect national security are made in accordance with JNAP-146 or Air Force, that's Joint Army-Navy Air Force Publication 146, or Air Force Manual 55-11, and are not part of the Blue Book system, which is an extraordinary statement. Two paragraphs later, he says, if we close Project Blue Book, 
the public won't have a place to report UFO sightings. However, as already noted, reports which could affect national security will continue to be investigated using the procedures designed for that purpose. Remember, the Air Force has been saying umpteen years, ain't nothing else besides Blue Book. That's it, folks. We And we closed that, that, you know, once they had. That's all there is to it. Well, I located General Bolander 10 years after this was written. And I asked him, I said, it, I gave him my background that I got a clearance for 14 years and so forth. and was very intrigued with his memo. I said, it sounds to me like you're saying there are two separate communication channels. One for reports which could affect national security. And I gave him an example. I said, I just heard a recent example of a saucer going down the runway at a strategic air command base where nuclear weapons were stored. That's one thing, which by definition is a matter of national security. There's not supposed to be anybody there who doesn't have a clearance, no matter what color of skin. And then I said, if my wife and I are walking down the street and see a saucer fly over, big deal. happens all the time. He agreed with me. Two separate channels of communication. Uh, No major press group has pointed that out. And I think the obvious thing, after spending an awful lot of time, as noted in my book, Top Secret Magic, M-H-A-I-C, that the MJ-12 documents provide us with the answer. Operation Majestic 12 was set up to handle those reports which could affect national security. Let's do our break. And then we have questions from listeners and more of Stanton Friedman. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have tons and tons of questions from our listeners as we get to the second half. I'll give you a short answer. You bring them out of the woodwork, uh, Stan. Here's a good one. Uh, This comes from Eric the Red, and it dovetails into another question from Spectre 73. The question is is probably um, better, I think, asked of uh, Richard Haynes, but do you have any feel for how frequently Air Force and commercial pilots see UFOs, and how often have you been approached by such people who wish to to tell you of their encounters? And then this question from Spectre 73 is great. What is your response to Stephen Hawking's remarks that, quote, UFOs appear only to cranks and weirdos? <laughs> why, why do individuals in the scientific community take such a stance? Now, first, we're talking about uh, you know commercial and, and air force pilots, and and we know that they've reported seeing these objects. And in the first part of the question is, uh, do these types of people approach you very often? Uh, they don't get a chance to approach me very often. Uh, I, I get people tell me about their sightings, but uh, pilots are particularly circumspect. Remember, we have this, uh, oh, what's the name of the outfit? Dick Haynes is their chief scientist. They, they have an organization for reporting of UFO sightings by pilots where they guarantee anonymity to the pilots. Right. And they've had uh, NARCAP, National Aviation Reporting Center for Anomalous Phenomena, I think that's right. right. <laughs> they've got more than a 1,000 reports as of a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so they they get it off their chest, but 
nobody who flies for Delta wants to tell anybody that he, a Delta pilot, saw a UFO. Oh, we can't fly on Delta, can we? You know, what I'm saying is, yes, pilots do see things. And look, MUFON is getting over a thousand reports a month these days. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, how many do you need? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's what I've been asking for years. Well, what about Stephen Hawking saying that only cranks okay, well, and weirdos? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. The British astronomer Royal said that. Okay, that's what the question is. Uh, Reese, uh, R-E-E-S. Uh, and uh, it was a totally uninformed comment. He did say it. I, I saw it in print. I mean, the British astronomer Royal. Um, he, he follows in the footsteps of another one in 1956, said... Space travel is utter bilge. That was a year before Sputnik. And Lord Rees didn't give any indication at all that he knew anything about UFOs. As a matter of fact, the better the quality of the sighting because of the background of the observer, this was found way back in 55. Yeah. Project Blue Book, Special Report 14. 3,201 sightings. There is no bigger uh, study on record. The better the quality, the more likely to be unidentifiable. And the probability that the uh, unknowns are just misknowns was less than 1%, a statistical cross-comparison showed. But that doesn't keep uh, astronomers from saying stupid things. My University of Chicago classmate, Carl Sagan, in two different books said, there are interesting sightings that aren't reliable. There are reliable sightings that aren't interesting, but there are no interesting and reliable sightings. And I uh, castigated Carl for saying that because he provided no evidence, no reference, you know, as you can tell from this or that report. And it's not true. It's no, just it's the opposite. True. It's like, who was it? Hawking said we shouldn't let anybody know that we're here by sending out signals because they might bother us. Look what, the, what Columbus did to the Indians. Right. That presumes that they can get here, doesn't it? Otherwise, why worry? But the big thing, and the ancient academics and fossilized physicists are constantly saying things about UFOs, which are totally false, untrue. Look, uh, I've had an interesting opportunity, and I'm on campuses. I've often been able to give a seminar, a colloquium, if you want to sound fancy about it, and usually sponsored by the physics department. And I start off by going over several things I don't think they know anything about, because I've been warned by a student that Dr. Jones thinks this is full of baloney, you know. Uh, so I talk about, I ask him about the uh, nuclear rocket engine. They don't know anything about it. About the electromagnetic submarine, they don't know anything about it. And then I ask them, uh, what's 1G in numerical values? 9.8 meters per second squared. They all know that. I say, okay, how do you relate that to a Corvette? They look at me like I'm talking Swahili. I said, well, it's 21 miles per hour per second. So a car accelerating at three Gs, you get six to three miles per hour in uh, three seconds. Uh, or one G, you get 63 miles per hour. That's, that's pretty good for most cars. It's, it's better than most, as a matter of fact. But then I ask, okay, what's the speed of light? And they can rattle off that number. I say, okay, the question is, how long does it take at one G to get to the speed of light? It's a multiple-choice question, folks. You have four choices, 1,000 years, 100 years, 10 years, or one year. How many think it's 1,000, and then how many think it's 100? And so most think it's 100 or 10. The right answer is one. They don't want to think all about this stuff. Uh, wow. And I've, I've been up there. I've done debates on coast-to-coast. Coast. Uh, Seth Shostak and I debated. 
I won. 57-33-10. I debated Michael Shermer, Dr. Michael Shermer, Dr. Shastan. Shermer is head of the Skeptic Society. 80% of the people voted for me. Why? Because he didn't know anything. <laughs> well, it's very straightforward. I mean, he started off with a, a really stupid comment. The only reason that there's always 5% of any paranormal phenomena that you don't have enough data for. Uh, and, you know, whether you're talking ghosts or anything else. And that gave me a, a, an opening big enough to drive a Mack truck through. I pointed out that in Blue Book Special Report 14, the unknowns were 21.5%. I pointed out that in Dick uh, Hall's UFO evidence, it was 18%. That in the Condon report, it was 30%. According to a special UFO subcommittee, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. He had no references. He hadn't done his homework. So I'm willing to take anybody on, uh, especially when they're prone to making these these crazy claims. So, well, well that begs the question of uh, another Eric the Red question. Well, how often are you contacted by scientists and academics who express an interest in the topic but wouldn't dare publicly declare this interest for fear of damaging their careers? It's happened a number of times, dozens of times over the years, uh, especially when I'm on campus. Now I'm doing more conferences than I am. I'm not doing any mailings to a thousand colleges at once as I used to do. Who needs it? You know, <laughs> I'm keeping busy. Uh, so, yes, I've had people tell me about their sightings uh, quietly. I get some very interesting stories. Uh, and uh, the kind of interesting, when I say interesting, I've had seven different people quietly tell me after a lecture about being on a, camp, on a uh, military airfield where somebody was scrambled to chase a UFO and never returned. I've heard seven stories like that. Uh, if I've heard seven, that means there's a heck of a lot more out there. And we remember that way back in 52, the regulation for military pilots was shoot them down if they don't land when instructed to do so. How do you tell an alien to get his uh, UFO on the ground so you can examine it? <laughs> you know? Pretty silly, frankly. But uh, it, that has happened seven times. Uh, you, you get, I get reports. Uh, well, here's a typical report after a lecture. I ask how many have had sightings. Typically 10%. How many reported it? 10% of the 10%. And I, then I asked people how many were in the service at the time. You want to tell us about it? And one guy in front of 1,300 people says, I can't. They told me not to say anything. I had another guy who said, uh, they took my pictures. Didn't say anything more. And so I said, look, I, I'm not asking your name. You don't need to stand up. But I'm sure the audience would like to hear the rest of the story. About 500 people there in Indiana. And so he remained seated and told about flying a four-engine Air Force plane over the Pacific, plane 20 miles ahead, radios back, saucer heading your way. They took pictures. They had gun cameras on board the plane, reported, called the base they were going to, informed them that they were bringing in intelligence information. The crew does not take the film down to the drugstore, as somebody suggested to me. And when they land, the film gets taken, and they get debriefed and told never to say anything. I'll tell you what, we won't be able to say anything if we don't break. Stanton Friedman with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Before using heart and body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. 
Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have so many questions of Stanton Friedman. I'm not going to say a thing except, Chris, what's next? Let's go off planet uh, real quick here. And um, <laughs> this is a, a question from Shadow Gov, who is a longtime uh, listener to the Paracast. He joined the forums in 2009, and he's only asked or posted seven times. So you're bringing him out. Uh, you're bringing the lurkers out, Stan. The question is, since Stan is a nuclear physicist, I was wondering what he thought of Dr. John Brandenburg's Mars was nuked hypothesis. Specifically, I wonder what he thinks of the idea that the elevated levels of xenon in the Mar- Martian atmosphere can only be explained by a nuclear bomb. Well, I, I, I know John, and he is a legitimate scientist, and I read his paper, and I was very impressed. On the other hand, I cannot vouch that there is not something we don't know. You know, so I, I can't say there is no other possibility. How could I say that? But I think it's an interesting one. And let's face it. Uh, yes, there are some people who are still saying the world was created in 4004 B.C., and it was a Thursday afternoon. I, I think they left six zeros out of that. What I'm saying is, you know, <laughs> darn little about what's happened in the solar system over the last four billion years. Yeah, what was the date on that? It was 500 million years ago, if I remember correctly. I think it was a little nearer than that. Maybe only 50 million years ago. 50 million. Okay, I added a zero <laughs> that, that you were looking for. Uh, so 50 but, million years ago, a nuclear, an airburst nuclear event lays a layer of, of radiation uniformly around the, I think, the northern hemisphere of the planet. So other than the fact that it was an airburst event, uh, is there anything to suppose that um, – that this could be uh, artificial in origin? Well, yeah, because it's very hard to produce all those radioisotopes naturally. Yes, we had down in Africa, there's a place where there was a natural uranium reactor, if you will. But it wasn't fusion, it was fission. And it didn't produce large quantities distributed all over a large area. So I leave room for there having been call it nuclear war games or wanted something better back many years ago. We we need to expand our horizons. There's no sign that in the last 5,000 years we're any smarter. We know a lot that they didn't know back then because of our technological development and stuff. But if you read Greek literature, for example, okay, 3,000 years, uh, uh, it's not written for children. They're sophisticated in their thinking capability. Uh, I don't know how many times there have been civilizations on this planet that have disappeared. An asteroid comes along. I mean, look, how long were the uh, dinosaurs in power? Power is a funny word in this case. uh, 50 million years, I've heard. Uh, It was way longer than that. It was close to 200. And who knows? Okay, then you get the idea. Yeah, they could have have become a a spacefaring civilization in the last million years prior to the Chichilub impact. And they could be the reptoids coming back to reclaim Earth for all we know. We don't know. I mean, that's the important term. We don't know what has gone before. And absence of evidence is not evidence for absence. I mean, look at Henrik Schliemann. He believed the Iliad. 
you know, Troy. And the historians uh, said, well, that's nonsense. If there had been uh, a civilization back then, we would know about it. Well, he was rich enough, Schliemann was, to have paid people to dig down 70 feet, and they found Troy. And that was only from, you know, roughly 3,000 years ago. But if they hadn't dug, what would we know? There are cities uh, underwater near Japan that are begging for exploration. We don't know what's been here before. The whole Atlanta story, what's going on there? I don't know, and nobody else does. We, we hate to admit our ignorance. But see, not being an academic, I can get away with saying, I don't know. I don't lose my job because you admitted you didn't know something? Professors aren't supposed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Not my style. Yeah, my favorite professors were the ones that when you asked them a hard question and they didn't know it, they admitted it. (laughs) Well, yeah, they they were the good ones. Yeah, Yeah. encouraging thinking. (laughs) Well, well, since we're still uh, kind of off-planet here, this is another question from our lurker, ShadowGov. And uh, I love his avatar, by the way. Uh, what are your feelings about uh, about these alien uh, moon base theories? Uh, do you give any credence to them? Well, I, I'm I'm torn about that. Uh, again, I would have to say we don't know much, and certainly, if all the good data comes back through official government channels, uh, it's censorable. Is that the right? Censurable, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so I, it wouldn't surprise me if there had been bases placed on the moon sometime in the last million years. You know, whether it's a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, or uh, a million years ago, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, especially if it was on the other side of the moon, which we can't see easily. The only ones who can see it or have seen it. And, uh, you know, India and uh, China are doing more with uh, lunar satellites. Who knows what they're going to say, <laughs> you know, if they... Well, that's a good it. question. Do you think that they'll divulge uh, this to embarrass the U.S.? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, we live in a, a very strange world. People forget why the secrecy. One of the key reasons is, I don't know any government that wants its citizens to owe their allegiance to the planet as opposed to that government. Nationalism is the only game I can find in town. Nobody in power wants to give up power. So they, they have nothing to gain. Now, maybe China does, and you say, well, we'll have an election, and they'll win hands down after all. Uh, you know, there's nobody who speaks for the planet. The Galactic Federation, as far as we know, hasn't chosen a representative from amongst the people on Earth. Uh, I'm Stephen Greer. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm not, not Stephen big... Bassett. <laughs> I, no, so, thank you again, so Stan. I couldn't. I just couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either one knows enough about security, and neither one seems to realize that we are a threat to the neighborhood. Uh, we're warlike. But you keep telling around. us here what's a good argument for ET to come down here. And stop it. I mean, in the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original one, where Klaatu says, if you don't get your acts together, we're going to take care of this ourselves, and we're going to destroy you in so many words. So would E.T. have hostile intentions? Well, 
I think quarantining us might be the best way to do that, especially if they've been mining goodies from here. If they've been, you know, this may be the vacation spot. Maybe this is a penal colony. They dump all the bad boys and girls here, and that's why we're so nasty to each other. Right. This is Fort Roz. (laughs) I think we're already quarantined. (laughs) Well, you've read Bob Salas's book, haven't you? Uh, It's been a while. Well, I mean, the basic idea that they have done their best to make sure our nuclear weapons uh, don't get used, if you will. Yeah. Uh, let us know that they can control and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, they, and, they haven't talked to Dick Cheney. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't either. I'll grant you that. Be careful. Don't go out hunting with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He kind of got shot. <laughs> oh, well. Um, well, this logic is getting shot. Let's continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, again, we, we do have a lot of questions. You have covered a lot of the ground that these questions are asking about. But this is a good one. And I think of all the uh, folks that we have on the show, I think that this question um, is best served by being answered by you. And that is, what advice do you have for our up-and-coming younger generations of potential UFO researchers? Well, I, I think, A, you got to study what's been done before. B, you have to recognize that there are a lot of well-educated people who are very ignorant about the subject. So don't expect good sense. In other words, a Ph.D., unless you're one of those dozen or so who got their degrees with a thesis like David Jacobs uh, about UFOs, don't, don't expect good sense from people who won't admit that they haven't studied the evidence because they think there is no evidence to study. If there had been, they would know about it. You know, it's a vicious circle. So that's the first thing. The second thing, start realizing how rapidly our knowledge of how the universe works. Just look back, uh, say, 1895. Before 1895, we didn't know about neutrons, gamma rays, X-rays. We didn't know about DNA. We didn't know about space travel. We didn't know about flight. Uh, We didn't know about antibiotics. There's a whole slew of things that we knew absolutely nothing about. We do know this now. We we have another four segments left of this week's episode. Lots more questions for Stanton Friedman. So we want you to stick around. With Gene and with Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com.
Attention all men. Are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Are you having a slower, weaker stream? Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Super Beta Prostate is guaranteed to support a more complete emptying of your bladder, a fuller, stronger stream, and less waking at night to urinate. Super Beta Prostate is a product that I really like. I endorse it. I use it myself. I was very pleasantly surprised that Super Beta Prostate helped me fairly quickly. Super Beta Prostate is formulated with a natural plant enzyme called beta-cytosterol. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 salt palmetto pills to get the same sterols as just one Super Beta Prostate tablet. Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Call now to get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Call 1-800-853-1203. That's 1-800-853-1203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with a line of questioning. This is not a congressional hearing. It's just Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien and dozens of listeners who've asked rather long questions sometimes of our guest Stanton Friedman. We have a second radio show where we'll discuss the impact of this called After the Paracast. It's part of our premium service, Paracast Plus. You'll learn more if you go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S, not the plus symbol, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. You get after the Paracast, the ad-free version of this show without the network ads and more, a lot more coming. And it's a low monthly annual five-year or now a lifetime subscription rate, free eBooks and more, plus.theparacast.com. Chris, please continue with the questions. Well, this one uh, comes from Harry Newton, who is a very active poster at forum.theparacast.com. Again, that's where our listeners go to post questions for our guests. And uh, I'm a little confused about this. I didn't know that there was such a thing as helium-4. But he's wondering if you could talk about it in layman's terms, because he's really interested in it, especially because my understanding it is lighter than helium-3. I have done some reading about it. My main question is, is it a potentially viable fuel for a high-altitude balloon or even a lighter-than-aircraft or vehicle? First of all, I've never even heard of helium-4. I've heard of helium-3, and the moon is rich with it, and it could be an incredible energy source. Um, I think one load of the I read somewhere a load of it on the space shuttle could run like the country for a year. I, I, I'm not sure of what the actual, it, it just seemed incredible to me. First of all, is there a helium-4? I'd never even heard of that. Well, what is normal helium? You've got a nucleus with two protons in it, don't you? And two Basic neutrons. Elements, so that's helium-4. So helium-4 is what it mostly is. You know, the atomic weight of it, if you will. <laughs> okay. Uh, Helium-3 is the one, um, when I was looking at nuclear fusion way back in 1962, makes me feel old, we did a study for the Air Force, nine million taxpayer dollars went into that, and deuterium and helium-3 was a very interesting fusion combination. The reason being that not only do you get an enormous amount of energy per fusion reaction, but you produce almost entirely, the, the new particles are charged particles. 
And charged particles, unlike nasty neutrons, <laughs> go out. Charged particles can be directed to go out that way, and you want the rocket to go the opposite way. Neutrons go out in all directions, so you don't get any direct. You've got to do something with the neutrons, convert them to heat, and so forth. Not a good idea. But deuterium and helium-3 was our most attractive thought. Deuterium is heavy hydrogen. Got an extra neutron in there. So that's the one that you normally talk about. And helium-3 comes from outer space. Uh, and, and yes, there is some on the moon and Jupiter probably, and you can make it in reactors, but it's expensive to do that if you can find it and mine it. That's a much better way of doing it, so to speak. So, yeah, again, if you look at fusion as opposed to uh, chemical rockets, uh, if you will, the enormous amount of energy per interaction Hundreds of millions uh, of electron volts per reaction for fission and for fusion. But fission uses uranium, which is very heavy. Fusion uses isotopes of helium and hydrogen, which are very light. And the other nice thing, of course, is the most abundant substance in the universe is hydrogen. Second is helium. So wherever you go, you may have trouble finding uranium. The heavy metals are rare in the universe by comparison. But you're going to find hydrogen and helium everywhere. And if you're going to have a rocket, it's nice to have a propellant. Basically, uh, it doesn't weigh much, uh, much better than a very heavy thing like uranium. So helium-3, I'm a fan of deuterium, which is hydrogen-2, if you will, and helium-3. Make a great combination. I talk about this in my book, Flying Saucers and Science. This is not an obscure kind of subject. been talked about a long time. Um, we've been kind of staying away from Roswell, but there are a number of questions about <laughs> about Roswell. And nice one of place them has, to visit. <laughs> huh? Nice place to visit. I don't know. <laughs> it gives me the... I break out in a rash. I can't find where to scratch all those alien images. I don't know. It's just kind of strange. Um but, yeah, I guess uh, for that part of the world, it is probably the only uh, <laughs> go-to destination. Okay, this one comes without, from Without Limits 09. Uh, he's been a member since 2011 with the Paracast Forum. And he would be curious to know if you still believe that two flying saucers crashed into each other in Corona. And if so, how does he balance that in the face of other researchers like Kevin Randall, who hold to the fact that there was only one crash saucer? Can you name another Roswell researcher who believes two were involved? And finally, how could there be two competing theories so foundational to the story if our witnesses are so rock solid? Uh, he says either it was one crash or two crashes, and if there's confusion on that main point, then the whole story seems to be shaky. Well, I disagree with Kevin Randall. He and I have disagreed about many things. Uh, I would refer to my book, uh, Crash at Corona. Now, I didn't say that they hit each other and went down right there. Yeah, I was wondering about that. No, I, I wouldn't say that at all. But I, I, let me give you a scenario. And as a matter of fact, I asked an Air Force general about this. I say, if you have a pilot and a wingman and they run across a, uh, a fancy radar system where 
there isn't any around the world in 1947. In other words, there weren't a lot of radar installations around. We didn't have an air defense command worth talking about or powerful radar. We had some radar in New Mexico because we were testing to capture German rockets there. And we know that on the day at the time the, the crash occurred, the radars were on tracking radars, not search radars. They're not going round and round and round. They're tracking radars for the testing of the rockets. The radars were on because these were all vacuum tube radars. And if you don't leave them on, you've got to warm them up. So if something unusual happens, you're not ready to go. And so if you just fly through the beam and whoops, damn, <laughs> you know, discombobulates the uh, guidance system uh, or the operating system. And you get a, a, a glitch. One goes into the other. And more than 40% of the cases in 47 involve more than one UFO seen at a time. In other words, with, uh, I'll call it a wingman for want of a better way of putting it. We do that all the time. Uh, and so if, if they temporarily uh, lose control and bang into each other, I asked an Air Force general who was a pilot, a German prisoner of war, as a matter of fact, uh, went on to be the commander of uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And I asked him, if you get a mid-air collision, is the damage uh, symmetric? In other words, are both the craft uh, damaged equally, so to speak? He said, no, almost never. Usually one of them makes it down, and the other one, too bad. And so my theory, if you will, is... Um, this is my first conversation with Jesse Marcel, the intelligence officer for the only uh, atomic bombing group in the world, the most elite military group in the world. That was what was at Roswell. Um, if you have a mid-air collision, you'd expect, this was Jesse's conclusion, not that it was a mid-air collision, but that it was an above-air explosion, above-ground explosion. He said, for two reasons. He had seen plane crashes in the Pacific during World War II. Uh, make a big hole in the ground if an airplane crashes, uh, a crater, if you will. And he said, so there were there were two reasons he thought that there had to be an above-air explosion. One was there was no crater out there in the boonies. Okay, let's uh, stop there and let's do uh, our break, okay? Okay, so okay. the first possibility that... There was an explosion in the air, which accounts for the fact that there's no crater. We'll get into more and of this theory about the Roswell over. crash in our next segment with Stanton Friedman with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners, 25% at 
And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America. From where you shop, to the doctors you visit, and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is... I was right then, too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's continue about this theory about how this crash may have occurred with Stanton Friedman about Roswell, New Mexico. When I spoke to Jesse the first time in 1978, he figured there had to have been a meteor explosion because of two things. One, no crater, and he would have seen it out there. It's, it's desert. Uh, the second was 
the widespread of the wreckage. Maybe three quarters of a mile this way, a quarter mile that way. Wouldn't have been spread out so much if there'd just been a crash. And that makes sense to me. And then when I ask the general about one's going to come down and one not so quickly, it doesn't surprise me. And uh, Kevin hasn't bought into the second crash in the plains of San Augustine. What can I tell you? Read my book, Crash at Corona. And I think that if there was an explosion, it would have spread stuff all over, which is the way the scene was described. But remember, this is in the middle of nowhere. No tourists around at that time. I mean, the rancher had a sheep. But he was in charge of the sheep. He didn't own the ranch. He was the foreman on the ranch. And he was worried about the, the sheep eating this foil-like material that was spread out all over the place and some plastic-like material and some rubber-like material. But there weren't passing cars. There's no road there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It would have been natural. The rancher comes, goes into Corona and is complaining about all his junk on his ranch. He didn't have radio. He didn't get a newspaper. He hadn't heard anything about flying saucers. Kenneth Arnold's sighting was two weeks earlier. Uh, but the guys at the Corona store, the general store, had. And one of them had seen an article that said there was a reward being offered for wreckage or pieces of one of these saucers people were seeing. They suggested he go into Roswell, where the sheriff was and where the base was, and take some of the wreckage with him, see if he could collect the reward. So he did the next day, July the 6th. And he went into the rancher, the sheriff's office. The sheriff calls the base and talks to Jesse Marcel. He was on duty at that time. And he goes to the sheriff's office, looks at this stuff, doesn't see anything that's normal. An airplane crash, you saw all kinds of stuff from vacuum tubes and tags saying made in Oshkosh and all kinds of standard airplane junk, if you will. Jesse asks his boss what to do, and he says, take one of our counterintelligence corps guys, Sheridan Cavett as it happens, and follow the rancher out, because the rancher stressed there was loads of this stuff out there. And that's what he was worried about. Who's going to clean up the mess? Because it's labor-intensive walking around to pick up pieces of small pieces of foil. They went out there. They saw all this stuff. They came back to town. And then the fix was in. And there were plenty of military guys that went out. And we talked to some, Kevin has, for that matter, guys who went around with, uh, you know, a stick with a nail on the end of it and picking up pieces or trying to and putting them in burlap bags and trying to clean up. They were vacuuming the desert was the expression somebody used. So it, it moved from something that might have been of interest. And Colonel Blanchard was worried about spies. That's why the counterintelligence corps got Remember, these were the only atomic bombers in the whole darn world at that time. Russians didn't test their first bomb until 1949. Naturally, they would make an effort to recover all this stuff and learn as much as they could about it. The cause of the crash, and I've heard radar well, brought it down somehow, and that seems kind of strange because we're dealing with advanced technology. Certainly, radar would be such an elemental thing compared to what they have. Well, uh, that's why they probably wouldn't have expected it. Do you think no that radar would have the power to bring these craft down, and they didn't allow no, for it's that? Not a, no, 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 no. It's not power to bring it down. It's not a, a ray gun. It's not a laser beam. It's not something with a lot of energy involved with it. It would disrupt you, their systems. It would disrupt a guidance system, a control system, 
I'm told when the Brits were working on radar in the early part of the war, that there were some cars driving by every so often whose engines would stop. They had no idea why. Okay, now you raise another question, which is we have the reports where cars are impacted by the proximity of a UFO. The engines die. So is that the result of E.T. sending down some radar waves? Calling them radar waves simplifies it, but I'd say, why not? Of course. Remember the classic case in, where was it, Italy, where there were two tractors. One was diesel and one was regular. And the diesel one kept going and the normal one with spark plugs, etc., stopped. Well, of course, now with Volkswagen, no one's going to buy a diesel-equipped car anymore. All right, but let's get back to the possible (laughs) cause. Does it make any sense to even speculate on that? We don't really know what might have happened uh, if everything is as you state. Well, some people constantly ask me the question, so I've got to offer an answer. And I say, I don't know. I haven't seen a report. I don't have access to any reports. I'm sure there were reports made and investigated. Remember, when this all happened, there's some big questions. What do these guys want? Working with somebody on this planet, they're little guys, maybe they're working with the Chinese. What have they oh, got in please. Us? There are a lot of questions that you have to answer, and you don't do it in public. Remember the shape the world was in in 47. Rotten shape. Half of Europe was starving. The Marshall Plan was just going to go into effect. The Cold War was heating up. So they didn't have quick and dirty answers or quick and clean answers. They didn't have any answers. But we're not going to do it in the newspapers. That kind of leads me to another question. We're talking about possible energy sources uh, having an impact uh, both from the the objects. You know, we've been discussing the other way around. But this one comes from Raven's Feet. She wonders if UFOs are simply sophisticated space rockets from another planet. Why do we hear so many stories about UFOs that have an hallucinatory or dreamlike quality or contain other high strange aspects? Well, I don't know that we hear so many stories like that. To say that they're merely visitors from another planet doesn't answer the question of what do they want? What's it leading toward? What's their goal in coming here? Quarantine sounds simple-minded. Mining sounds simple-minded. Who knows why aliens do? We don't know why we do what we do. So there are all kinds of questions we can't answer. One of them that we can answer, is there any evidence that the planet's being visited by intelligently controlled extraterrestrial vehicles? Yes. Does that mean I know where they're from and why they're here and what they want and how they operate? No. Doesn't mean that at all. Gotta be aware of your ignorance. That's how you learn something. Yeah, it's really bad to be ignorant that you're ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely put. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, you can apply that uh, all over the place, uh, including myself. I mean, I consider myself to be fairly up to speed about a lot of these subjects. But when I talk to someone like you or, you know, others in the field who have been involved uh, a lot longer than I have, I really do feel like a neophyte. And compared to some people that are just, you know, coming into the field, I'm, I'm like this, you know, really knowledgeable, almost expert type. <laughs> so I guess everything is relative. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of go into some of my own questions here. And, and that is, you know, we're seeing a real problem with the Internet and uh, the sophistication mm-hmm. of uh, desktop, you know, effects processing. And, and so many people seem to be buying into what appear to me to be just, I mean, laughable hoaxes. And, and people are constantly yes. posting these things and reposting them and reposting them. To me, some of the s- most simple um, after effects 
type programs can create a glowing white ball that you can, you know, put into any footage. And so many people appear to be impressed by this. How are we going to get around this? I'll tell you what, we're going to have to get around this announcement first. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Your house is under attack. Every day, our homes and families are attacked by harmful gases, mold, and pollutants caused by everyday activities. According to the EPA, indoor air can be 5 to 100 times worse than outdoor air. And the American Lung Association states that poor indoor air can cause infections and chronic lung diseases such as asthma. Protect your family with a complete indoor air quality package from Wave Home Solutions. Wave ventilation units for basements and crawl spaces reduce moisture that nourishes mold, odor, dust mites, and expels gases and pollutants. Add the Wave 6 Stage Air Purifier to get rid of the viruses, chemicals, and pollutants upstairs for a complete indoor air quality solution. A healthy home is the best investment you can make. Visit wavehomesolutions.com. That's wavehomesolutions.com. Or call 888-758-WAVE. That's 888-758-WAVE. 
Safe Home Solutions for a healthy, comfortable home. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, a question Chris asked of our guest this week, Stan Friedman. Stan, your answer, please. Well, we have a real problem. I get all kinds of people who think if they saw it on YouTube, it's got to be true. If they see it on the Internet, it's got to be true. And I would beg to differ. There are no laws against lying. That's a simplistic statement, but it's true. Or being wrong. But there are plenty of people who take a, a love to get the attention of having their ideas being re- reproduced, so to speak, repeated. And uh, it is a problem. You've you got to have a big filter ready to go, and you also have to have a box that says, not enough data. Everybody wants me to give a yes or a no to uh, every question, and I say, I don't have enough data to give you a scientific viewpoint, and I'm not a fiction writer. I, I am not interested in fictional things. I mean, I, yeah, I have to speculate, too, because somebody wants what possible explanation could there be, you know. But the the usual response, at, at my lectures, over 700 to date in 50 states, 18 countries, 10 provinces, you know, so I get around. People have no trouble accepting the data, charts of data from the big studies and stuff like that. What they really want to know is the answers to the why questions. Why would aliens come here? Why doesn't the government tell us what it knows? You know, why don't they land on a White House lawn? And there are a lot of questions like this. Now, obviously, I have to speculate to give answers, but I try to suggest reasonable ones. And the usual response I get is, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way, which is a good response. You've got people thinking. Yeah. Well, there's hope then. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's, that's the way I see it. I don't need to buy every story that comes down the pike, but I can try to, because I've been asked these questions, I think I've once figured out a couple of years ago I'd answered 60,000 questions over the years, same ones over and over again, you know. But uh, I've been forced to think about them in the way that most people haven't been. Uh, why should they? They're not standing on a stage and answering questions. And I can't say, uh, I'll get back to you tomorrow on that. You know, I have to have thought about this and give a, a quote, reasonable answer <laughs> right away. So we've got a mystery here. It's got many dimensions because it tells us something about ourselves, too. Why did the United States stop the United Nations from setting up an organization, so to speak, to receive reports of UFOs from all over the world? We had hearings in, what was it, 78? At the United Nations, I spoke to the General Assembly, and there were a number of us. J. Allen Hynek was there and other people, Gordon Cooper, the astronaut, and so forth. We had hearings, and it was proposed that there be some way to accept reports from all over the world. The United States put the kibosh on it, uh, unfortunately. 
I think. I think it would have been a good idea because even though the United Nations doesn't really speak for the planet, it's as close as anything that, that does. You know, I wonder, I'd love to see an alien library where they list the history of a hundred different planets on which they went through this stage of too much technology and not enough sociology and blew themselves up or developed a heaven out there and a nice place good for people. I'd like to know what are the odds. You know, I we don't have any information about that. We don't have a lot of information about what happened on our own planet. Like I mentioned about Schliemann and, you know, uh, the city of Troy. And unfortunately, and we have to admit it, disinformation is part of this game, too. You know, from the Trojan horse on, governments have been disinforming. We convinced Hitler. It was very important that during the Second World War, we convinced Hitler by subtle means that the attack on the continent wasn't going to be at Normandy. It was going to be at Calais. And Hitler's generals asked, when, when we did attack at Normandy, D-Day, at the beaches, the generals asked for the reserves, and Hitler said, no, they're really going to attack down here. So it's pretty hard when you don't have the straight facts. And it's hard enough when you have the facts, but when you don't have the straight facts, it's hard to know what's going on. Well, speaking of what's going on, trying to figure out what's happening with UFOs, so we can pretty well be certain after all these years, that the government is not going to suddenly come out and say, E.T. is here. And maybe they won't even be believed anymore because we do not believe our government, especially here (laughs) in the United States. Okay, it's just a plot. It's a secret way for Obama to take control and hand it over to Hillary. You know, whatever. We don't believe it. So what do we do as laymen, scientists, individuals, not part of the government, to find the evidence of what's going on and deliver actual, provable results that even the skeptics will have to admit has some credence to it? Well, some skeptics will never be convinced. Remember, the basic rule is, there there are four rules for skeptics. Don't bother me with the facts. My mind's made up. What the public doesn't know, I'm not going to tell them. If you can't attack the data, attack the people. It's easier, and nobody will know the difference. And That sounds like our forums. <laughs> do your research by proclamation. Investigation is too much trouble. And so, you know, you, you got to watch out when you're dealing with debunkers. There's a difference between I'm a skeptic, uh, but then there are debunkers. And I've, I have, I've spent some time debunking the debunkers. Talk about it in my books. It's uh, a thankless job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, frankly. Anybody who expects they're going to convince everybody of anything is wrong, as far as I'm concerned. There will always be people who won't accept the truth, for whatever reason. Look, uh, the, the fundamentalists have said that all the intelligent life in the universe is here on planet Earth. I'm not sure there's any, but anyway. And that the world was created in 4004 B.C., they want to believe that that's okay with me. I'm not trying to force anybody. <sighs> I'll tell you something but, yeah. here. Long time ago, maybe nine, ten years ago, we lost a listener to the Paracast because we wouldn't admit the Earth was only 6,000 years old. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. There are people who believe that. I've met one on an airplane. I had to put up with having him tell me that uh, everything, you know, what was in the Bible and he obviously hadn't read uh, Barry Downing's book, The Bible and Flying Saucers, 
which is well worth reading, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Old and New Testament, and uh, finds lots of stories that we would call flying saucer stories, like it or not. And, you know, we know a lot about radioactivity, and we also know that our minds don't influence radioactivity, as far as we know. Uh, <laughs> some people who tried uh, found they couldn't. You know, you can't ward off that radiation by just thinking about it. That's why I was in radiation shielding. you got to do something. You know? But uh, there are many fundamental questions here. Where does man fit in the universe? We haven't solved that problem. We could be a, a penal colony. They could have dumped all the bad boys and girls here, and that's why we're so nasty to each other. When you go to Australia, they're proud of their convict ancestors, you know? Strange as that might sound, it surprised me a little bit. But uh, oh, they are. Well, you got to be tough to live there. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. And what what I'm saying is, the reasons for travel, the reasons for colonizing. You know, people will say often about oh, the West was colonized with people who wanted religious freedom. Most of the religious groups that came uh, to North America three, four hundred years ago. They were looking for freedom for themselves, but not for others. You know, there's a difference. <laughs> Let me do my thing. Yeah, I don't want you to ironic. do that. <laughs> well, but it's true. Yeah. You know, uh, and we're seeing we're seeing the uh, the you know attempted imposition of fairly rigid fundamentalist beliefs uh, on the rest of us uh, right now. Yeah. Well, that's right, and, and so you know. Our understanding of how large groups of people act and what motivates them is seriously flawed. Uh, we got a lot to learn. I mean, yeah, I'm a nuclear physicist. Who am I to talk about, uh, you know, psychology of the masses or anything like that? We have Stanton Friedman for one more segment. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack and was told I'd be on disability for the rest of my life. What did I do? I created Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendovite. The legendary Dr. Joe Wallach, heard on Alex Jones, George Norrie, Benny Hinn, and so many more, is on his 90 for Life tour, and you can see him live and in person Monday, October 26, 6.30 p.m. at the Unity Village, 1901 Northwest Blue Parkway, Unity Village, Missouri. Don't miss this incredible event. Call 615-389-7733 to reserve your seats today. That's 615-389-7733. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Stanton Friedman, there's been a lot of back and forth personal attacking in the UFO field for years. Yes, and it gives yes. a lot of people the perception that we're going nowhere. And everybody has Dog their pets surrounded by a bunch of cat fights. <laughs> well, I, as I mentioned earlier, for those who haven't checked out forum.thepowercast.com and the discussions about the appearance of Dr. David Jacobs, believe me, there were lots of cat fights. And as soon as I pose one way to test for DNA evidence for someone who claims they've been sexually abused by aliens, one of our listeners went so ballistic that that person decided never to listen to us again. 
But you got the I'm picture, sorry, Stan. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the old Gaussian distribution. You you know the the plot of uh, number versus height and stuff like that. There's a peak and then it tails off in no, both directions. You get an enormous range of opinions, of actions. Uh, some of those good are good. The extreme, if you will, extreme heroism we reward people who do things that 99% of the people would never do. And so you have to judge by that unusual event. You know, not everybody could write like Mozart or Elton John. <laughs> you pick, pick your own. <laughs> but we need to do more thinking about this. There have been some places where there have been courses taught about UFOs. And I think they were enlightening to the people, mainly because it made people realize how ignorant they were of what's gone on. You know, when the English astronomer Royal can say only kooks see UFOs without having to provide any evidence, any reference, any anything, then you know that the scientific community isn't doing its job on this subject. Uh, on the other hand, I spoke to a whole bunch of journalists here in Canada. They were having their annual gatherings in St. John, New Brunswick, which is 65 miles from where I live. And the president of the group asked me if I would speak. I was in the papers and stuff. So sure, why not? And he told me afterward, he'd never seen so many journalists change their minds so quickly about something. They just hadn't been aware of all the evidence that was out there that they hadn't known about. So I, I have hope for society when a group like journalists can admit that, wow, there's something there, and I didn't know about it. So I, I'm an, still an optimist after all these years. And that's amazing. And that's, uh, you know, I'm at the, at the risk of uh, being accused of being a, 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 an ass kisser. Uh, I'm so proud of you to be able to say that, Stan, really. I mean, you, you've been doing this 40-plus years, 50 years, and to be able to say that is, is, that gives me hope, and I hope it gives our listeners hope as well. Well, good. I'm glad. I want to give people hope because I am basically an optimist. Just because there are foolish astronomers who say foolish things uh, doesn't mean all astronomers are foolish or everybody is saying foolish things. You know, so that's part of my job, to enlighten, but with facts and data. That's where the physicist comes from. What about ideas to set up some kind of monitoring station? Like there's this UFO data proposal that just came out recently in connection with one of the organizations that follow UFOs. Yes, I read about that, and I thought, you know, if, if we put our minds to it and could raise the money... UFO data something, I forget what the title was, but uh, Leslie Kane, who's written an excellent book about UFO sightings and generals tell their story and pilots and so forth. Sure. Uh, I, I think that might work. What is really strange, and maybe that was stimulated by the fact that this Russian billionaire, a Russian billionaire, Yuri Milner, has announced that he was going to put $100 million over 10 years right. into basically SETI kind of work. Silly effort to investigate, S-E-T-I. Yeah, that's yeah. like throwing good money after bad. I mean, they, they've really got to ramp up that, that, uh, you know, that approach, well, I think. Well, what, I'm, that, what that does do is sort of make it respectable. Yeah. And maybe we can ride piggyback on the notion that, you know, it is respectable to talk about yeah. this. And I think uh, Leslie's announcement about trying to get started, crowdfunding, what do you, 
I don't know what right. you call it. Yeah, crowdfunding. Terminology. Might be a way to do that. And getting data, you know, it took a while to get data to prove there were meteors, that there were rocks in the sky. Everybody knows there's no rocks in the sky, so how could they come down from the sky? You know, but that was the attitude. And finally, some happened in places, and they were able to get samples and analyze them and stuff. Most great scientific discoveries are made by accident. You know, penicillin, he wasn't looking for it. He saw, was it Fleming? Uh, whatever his name is. Uh, the, the, the San Luis Valley Camera Project, I, have, you know, I, I feel real positive about the possibilities of actually obtaining some hard data that we can, we can analyze uh, it, because it's unassailable data. It's data that's uh, properly gathered, and, and there's an evidence chain that could be you know, yeah. <laughs> easily documented. But, but i got to ask this one last question here. I, it, I know it's off topic, but Wade is one of our you know, premier posters. Uh, he's just posted his 4,001st post, and this— Wow. <laughs> he and gets a gold stamp if he posts he another thousand. Wade's a, a big fan of our show and also Dark Matters, uh, the, the Don Echo show. Are you happy with the Trudeau election win and bringing back the sunny ways approach of Sir Wilfrid Laurier? <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, I was a little surprised about how completely the, the Trudeauites, if you will, the Liberal Party, uh, knocked off the conservatives in Canada. It was a much more overwhelming victory than I expected. I knew it. Was yeah. Good. Well, it sounds like we might have Bernie Sanders to contend with next year. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say when when I looked again and I realized that one of the problems for the conservatives they they ran silly ads about Trudeau talking about his hair and he's just not ready. They were had no substance to them. And I think the public is too smart for that. The turnout this year was much higher than the last election in Canada. So I'm waiting to see. I'm not telling you who I voted for. Uh, and Trudeau's name means a lot in this country, obviously. But I think there's more to the man than we saw from the conservative viewpoint. <laughs> a lot more to him. So if the country gets behind them and says, you know, it's time for a change and let's get with it, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, Canada is a strange country, and many Americans don't realize there are fewer people in Canada than there are in California. Yeah. But Canada is larger than the United States. Yep. And so that makes for, you know, some strange things. How do we keep pace with our neighbors? I'm a dual citizen. I can complain about both governments. You know? Well, that must feel really good, because when one government does the right thing, you can bet that the other government will do the wrong thing. <laughs> Tell you what, Stanton Friedman, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, yeah, the simplest thing is my website, www.stantonfriedman, that's I-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. And it lists all my books, and if you buy from me as opposed to Amazon, you get an autograph. I autograph my books personally. And there's nobody doing it for me you know, who can simulate my signature, which is probably easy, but uh, I autograph them all. And you can get them through PayPal, and that includes the DVDs. Uh, incidentally, people curious about Roswell, there is a DVD, Recollections of Roswell, that has testimony from more than 20 first-hand witnesses, all of whom are now deceased, so you can't re-interview them. 
You also wrote the foreword for a new book called How to Talk to an Alien. We're going to explore that in the next few weeks. We can tell our listeners also. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Look for a pair, two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. There will always be two. There cannot be one, unlike that well-worn phrase. We also have a second radio show called After the Paracast. It's available as part of Paracast Plus, along with the ad-free version of this show without all the network ads, better quality audio, so Stanton Friedman sounds even more robust. After the Paracast, the ad-free version of the Paracast, check out plus, P-L-U-S dot the Paracast.com. Check for low-cost subscription packages from monthly all the way to a lifetime, brand-new lifetime subscription package. We also give free e-books for long-term subscriptions from our own Chris O'Brien. The video channel, I promise, is coming soon. The Paracast plus, plus dot the Paracast.com. P-L-U-S dot the Paracast.com. Stanton Friedman, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure. We'll do it again. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.